you know, I didn't fucking write it down. I had something I wanted to say and I got out my notes so I could write it down and now it's fucking gone. I started smoking before I could remember it. Okay. I can tell you something. It's kind of a boring story, but it's <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it was just something awkward that happened. Okay. And it's like one of those, you know, one of those spice of life mm. getting back into civilization okay. things. I was at Industry City and uh, have you ever been to Industry City? Yeah. Are you aware? Okay, I had no idea what it was. I was totally weirded out by it when yeah. I got there. And there was a live band and we were trying to walk to the Japanese area and it required like the pathway. At one point you were between the band and the audience unless you like wanted to go like all the way around. But it's like, I mean, it's literally a pathway that this band is playing in. So like, no offense to you. I'm glad you have a job, but like, I'm not interested in your job. And I guess you're going to have to know about it because I'm going to walk by you. And Wait, are you talking, are you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm talking to you. I don't care about your job. <laughs> What's this job? <laughs> job, quote unquote. No, okay. This band is playing there and they're like playing into the courtyard, but the courtyard has specific paths and the way things are set up, there's basically like a path between them and the audience. Mm -hmm. And as it's a path, people are walking by. So we had to do that. And what happened, and the guy is like singing and playing the trumpet and somehow in the line of friends, a toddler got in front of me. So I was already like walking slowly behind a toddler as we're approaching the stage and the guy with the trumpet bends down and like blows the horn in the toddler's face. And it was just like a really weird image moment thing that I had, you know, because it's like, was the toddler scared? The toddler did not seem to like it. He kind of, he wasn't like, he didn't freak out or whatever, but like it definitely. And also it was like one of those things that I like foresaw. It's like one of those things when you're like, you know what I mean? It's like I'm in a multiverse split second. Like there are like a million possibilities right now and a million things flash through your head as to like possible outcomes of uh -huh. a situation. That was one of them, but never in my wildest dreams did I think I'd actually see the kid <laughs> get the trumpet blown in his face. <laughs> Well, that's cool. You manifested it. I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I predicted that. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. It's Miss Juicy Baby from Little Women Atlanta. I want to welcome you all to Pot Psychology. Now here are your hosts, Tracy Egan, Morrison, and Rich Zuwaki. That's right. These are the hosts with the most. Make sure y'all tune in to the pot psychology to get the latest. All the good and the great. You heard it from the queen, Miss Juicy Baby. Okay. That's what I was writing down. Okay. Do you think this is Janine Garofalo? Oh. The following is intended only for mature audiences. Viewer discretion advised. Very well could be. Sounds like it to me. I thought it was her. So she does all of the Hulu pre-roll oh. about that. Okay. And I think it's Janine Garofalo. All right. Did you listen to the entire Sharon Stone book? I have like 45 minutes left. Um, do you like it? I don't believe a lot of what she says. Oh my God, the lightning. 
I didn't get to the lightning yet. Oh, that was, I think it was pretty early on. The what lightning. was the lightning? She was, she was, um, the lightning struck a tree and then her dad, and then it came for her while she was ironing her big boy uniform. And it like the bolt went through the, I don't know if I was heard that part. Yeah, and then her mother. She jumps around in time too much for me. Exactly, that's the problem. That's the biggest problem is that the structure falls to shit. I would, I will say that, um, as she is definitely somebody that I've long suspected could start crying at any second or start screaming at any second, yeah. and this is. She does that in the book. Yeah, she (laughs) cries constantly. I mean, and it's and the weird thing is that she'll start to cry a little bit, and it'll be like one sentence. But I think they're cutting, and she's bringing it back. But it just sounds like she's getting really well up for a second. (laughs) She's like, and then you know, so many people died. Yeah, a lot of some. She has a lot of medical issues, which now I realize that's why she was trending in like the medical books on Amazon. (laughs) She is just like I. I just went through this like section where it was just like constant yeah like and then she had anorexia and then she didn't know it and then she yeah. you know had a heart thing and then her sister and her has a wheelchair and then the breast cancer I, oh it's so much and then they, they gave her too big of a i really like Wait, but she, she didn't have breast cancer right no Sharon she had Stone? tumors that tumors turn, and then that turn into implants She's but then she but then she claims that the doctor doctor gave her big tits without her consent. It's like that doesn't happen. After I had the operation to remove the tumors in my breasts, the operation that would later come to cause so much trouble for the folks in neurological ICU, I needed reconstructive surgery. Remarks were made about my plastic surgery issues. This, in fact, was my issue. I went to get reconstructive surgery, assuming I would wake up looking exactly as I had before this process. Instead, my plastic surgeon thought that I would look better with bigger, better boobs. I left there bandaged, and when unbandaged, discovered that I had a full cup size, bigger breasts. Ones that he said, go better with your hip size, and I'm certain you look better now. He, in all of his self-determined knowledge, had changed my body without my knowledge or consent. I was humiliated when I went to the underwear department and stood there looking for the most sympathetic-looking woman to tell her I didn't know how to buy a bra, and I didn't know what size I wore, and I didn't know how to do this thing, and I still frankly don't. I also don't know if I should be angry at the now-dead plastic surgeon whether I should get more reconstructive surgery to look like myself or whether I should simply be happy that I don't have cancer. She hurt the way she shits on the medical industry yeah. and like shits. All, I, how about that bitchy gay male nurse? I mean, I'm assuming he was gay. He's a male nurse and he was seeing every Sharon Stone movie and was like uh, bitching to her about yeah, like why she's what taking she liked and certain what, yeah, roles. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she did not like that guy. No, she has someone else to come in and do her veins. <laughs> She's just like... Gone. It just kind of sucks that she wrote this book and you don't hear about the child custody stuff and she doesn't say anything about the husband whose like toe was nothing. bitten off by a Komodo dragon. And I'm really interested in that <laughs> right. story. Like, why didn't she tell that story? <laughs> why were they in the cage with it? <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> She says HIV AIDS so much. She's like, and she had HIV AIDS. And it's like, well, does she have HIV or does she have AIDS? <laughs> you can't have both at the same time, right? Or no, can you? you have the virus and then the syndrome. Yeah, you still, you're still HIV positive so you, if you have AIDS. Yeah. 
But they people will be like, I have AIDS. They Do they say I have HIV AIDS? No, people say AIDS. <laughs> when it progresses to a certain point, it's AIDS. And then, um, but it's always HIV. It's the virus. You don't get That's rid of the I virus. Thought. Yeah. I don't know. I have 45 minutes left. Does she talk and like, does she go in depth about Harvey Weinstein? Because she makes like no. one passing reference to him and yeah, like Amphar, like yeah. ask them where their money is. Well, the thing is, is that he was huge. Like Amphar was his thing. Yeah. So like that was his like charity he was most involved in. Yeah. So when she started talking about Amphar, I was like, oh, now we're going to get into the Harvey Weinstein stuff. Right. And then she's like, ask Harvey Weinstein where the money went. Yeah. It's I'm like, like what? what? <laughs> There's a lot we of We can't like, ask him shit right now. Did you hear his teeth are all falling out? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nasty. They, um, there's a lot of what she doesn't explain. And it's like, I feel like the first half of the book is so much stronger because it is more narrative. And so you do get a sense of things and then it just like falls apart. Oh my God. I There were so many times where I thought it was ending. And then I would look and it'd be like an hour and a half left. What, like, it, what? what? It goes from like... Where she does it jumps jump from? all over it, the place. I mean, it jumps from her childhood to total yes, recall. That jump is just like, all right. And she I was goes like, Wait, back you a didn't little go bit. To college? What's going yeah, on she, here? She goes a little bit into like her early days as a model and she kind of glosses over all of the early stuff by being like, I did a bunch of crap, you know? I, and then when she was like, when Michael Douglas found out I had been in 18 movies prior to Basic Instinct, yeah. and I was like, holy shit, yeah. why didn't you mention any of them? Yeah. I did notice that she doesn't shit on Woody Allen. No, no. In fact, she later followed that up by saying that, um, saying like good things about him. Okay. She's I like, mean, on, she was on a podcast or something, maybe Andy Cohen's or whatever, and was like, he was nothing but a gentleman to me or something like I that. Mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's like. Maybe. I mean, she does play a sex object in. Sugarland no, Express. no actress has ever made a complaint about him and he's worked with a ton of them huh but i mean Mar- but Mariel hemingway spoke up today i think oh, did she today yeah it was really really recent uh let's see the the variety headline is manhattan star Mariel hemingway says the film 100 percent couldn't come out today that's not really yeah it's, that's not anything she's on a podcast I'm not condoning any behavior, Hemingway said, but the movie probably couldn't come out today. It's a bit touchy for me because he wasn't disrespectful of me or unpleasant, Hemingway said. I don't know Mia. I don't know Ronan. I don't know Dylan. I don't know that story. It's not my story to tell. Sounds like she handled this with class. Absolutely. Me saying that is not me going on a bandstand defending, but the integrity of his work uh, to me still stays intact. I'm not going down that road with him. Maybe that's cowardly of me. I don't know. That sounds sounds like she's struggling to be honest and not not and not failing, but it sounds like she's being very mindful of how she can be honest while yeah. answering that question. Yeah. That's how it reads to me. I didn't listen to it, but we we still haven't done the log line awards. We have to do oh, that. We, oh, we never announced it. Let's yeah. announce it now. Okay, but how? Congratulations to Amy Beth. She won our log line competition she won a $50 gift certificate to Bath and Body Works maybe she'll get some candles or something right here's her log line pot psychology talking straight but one is gay yeah <laughs> and you know what she actually wrote a bunch of them and yeah. all, and they were all really good this is the runner up one is gay one is straight and both are alive Tracy and Rich navigate pop culture of past present and beyond 
we're just going to give all of the gift certificates to Amy Beth because <laughs> she did such a good job that um, she's going to get all those Regal Cinema gift certificates and the Bed Bath & Beyond, I'm sorry, <sighs> Bath & Body Works gift certificate. Right. Congratulations, Amy Beth. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for, <laughs> for your service. Thank you for thinking of us. Thinking for us. Yeah. Kira Sedgwick was on the Drew Barrymore show this week. <laughs> okay. Uh, have you seen her lately? She looks great. Kira Sedgwick? Yeah. Okay, I believe it. She was really kind of standoffish, I thought. Oh. Weirdly. And okay. at one point, Drew sets up the question by being like, I hear you like to rifle through other people's drawers. <laughs> I always look in their medicine cabinets. <laughs> Kira's like, no, no, actually, I don't do that. I like to look at things that I can see. You know, <laughs> I don't go like digging. I, I look at what's around. Okay, by the way, I read that uh, you like to go through people's drawers. Um, and of course, then I had to follow it up with like, I like to peek at a medicine cabinet too. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Oh, definitely. I don't really peek in people's drawers, but I will like look around and see what's in plain sight. Are you talking about my Tom Cruise story? Oh, I love it so much. Will you tell it's a pretty it good really story. quickly? It's my favorite. It, it delighted me to no end. It was a sad moment, but it was a funny story. So I was <laughs> <laughs> No, she's it's like... It's a sad moment, but a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> she's like totally... She's really snooty the entire time. Like, no, mm -mm, no, yes, mm, yeah. yeah. Not playing along with no, her. No, she's re she really doesn't. She seems to be really annoyed by Drew. It's like, why'd you go on this show? Did you have to? Is CBS making you? I think her show's on CBS. CBS man. And so we got invited over for dinner with like lots of famous people, like Demi Moore and Bruce Willis, because she was in the movie and. And, oh, God, who else? Rob Reiner was there. Uh, uh, it was a flow. And Nicole was there. One of and those nights. It was one of those nights that, you know, I often don't get invited to. And so there was this, um, this like, fireplace mantle. And I was looking around, and there was this little button underneath the mantle. And a little button. And I was like, oh, what's that little button? So I pressed the little button because I just thought, Maybe something interesting will happen. Like the wall will turn around. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Nothing happened. And then I got a little nervous. It's like, oh, nothing happened. That doesn't seem right. So I tapped Tom on the shoulder, who was in the middle of a story. And I said, I press this button down here. And he was like, you press that button? And I said, yeah, I pressed that button. And he goes, that's the panic button. And so the cops came. They had to stop the screening. They had to see and, Tom. Yeah, they just see If I him. was a police officer who showed up, I'd ask to just make right. sure that Tom was okay. Right. I think there were more than like five cop cars. It was it was something. I didn't get that. That's a good that. story. That's an incredible story. <laughs> <laughs> That's the panic button. <laughs> I believe every word of it. Oh, absolutely. It makes, she sets herself up as the fool in it, really. It's yeah, masterfully yeah. done, yeah. you know? But do you notice the way that she kept, like, throwing her hair? Yeah. What is... She's so affected, you know? Maybe like, she, like, feels weird because she had her hair done special for this interview. Well, Drew kept talking about how nice her hair was. In fact, Drew was like, I... You've always had the best hair. And she's like, thank you. And uh, she Drew's has like, I'm serious. Had, yeah, good hair. Um, it was actually a kind of like a wild week for Drew Barrymore. So I want to show you about the, 
want to show you the things I've isolated. As we kick off Beauty Week. They kicked off Beauty Week with Lena Dunham? Listen to, listen to the way that she says it, because the way she sets it up sounds shady. I can't have thought or dreamt to have done it with anyone like you. <laughs> Who doesn't want to feel good? Like, feeling good is feels good, and feeling bad feels bad. And that voice of a generation. Like, (laughs) the things. If you think about it, feeling bad feels bad. Feeling good feels good. No one should be ashamed about wanting to get out of pain. Why did they book Lena Dunham for Beauty Week to kick it off? Kicked off Beauty Week. It was like, a- feeling bad feels bad. Feeling good feels good. She talked what about her. Addi- she was talking about addiction. She was talking about like, of course, you'd want to feel good. So that's why people get addicted to things. But it was mm-hmm. still like such a lazy way to make that point. Yeah. You know, writer girl. That's what I thought. <laughs> we got an email. Actually, you know. It's not, does not it's the the subject is on the subject of celebs on crack okay. okay but it's not an answer to my question okay it's still a prompt and i've been meaning to bring this up anyway okay from 32 cis male gay hi rnt i was just listening to the hunter biden episode about crack and it got me thinking about demi lovato she recently released a four-part documentary and an album all about her drug overdose some say that it's artistic healing. Others say that she went too far by freebasing her entire album campaign around her OD, recreating her OD in a music video in explicit detail and discussing her California sober weed and wine only approach to her recovery. Her docu also explores how she consistently lies and how good she is at it, including how she claimed multiple times in past documentaries that she was sober when she wasn't. And Elton John even appears in her documentary documentary to say that being California sober is a terrible idea. Is she explaining her health issues to make headlines and sell a record, or is she simply someone making art inspired by her pain? Ultimately, it's her life, I guess, but curious to know your thoughts. Did you watch the Demi Lovato? No, but I want to. Did you watch it? Yes. Is it good? It's not cinema. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's not well. It's just YouTube, though, right? It's YouTube, but it's also a talking head documentary, and the, the... the, um, is it just one episode? Is it like just no, it's one? four episodes oh, that geez, are twenty minutes each, so it's oh, about an oh, eighty-minute documentary, that, which is how I watched it. By the way, before she announced this album as well, even though one of the annoying things about it is that they show her recording the album, so it's this like really raw talk, and then all of a sudden, like she's recording an album, and it's like wait, what? Like, like I don't know. I mean, do people are? I mean. Are people really looking for confessional from Demi Lovato? Do people really feel like uh, it's just a weird kind of mode? Well, she's always been. I mean, I think that she found a lot of success doing that before, right? Her music has always been quasi confessional. I mean, before this overdose, she had like a whole like, you know, oh, I was messed up. I went to rehab and now I'm better. And like it it was about like her eating disorder and her drug addiction and stuff. So she's always been just, you know, everything's copy kind of thing. In her music, though, too, specifically. I thought so. I, I mean, she, I, I know she has that song, Sober, but that was after the... What, what's uh, what's Skyscraper the, about? Isn't this show a song called Skyscraper? She does. I don't know. Is that about... I don't know if that's... A, I don't know what that song is about. I never got Demi Lovato. I don't like to me hear neither. her sing. I don't. It's To me, it's like... 
it's like um, so far removed from the real thing because it's kind of like this, like, you know, the soul tradition through the filter of like even, you know, Mariah, let's say early Mariah, which wasn't particularly soulful, but was was still virtuosic. But there was mm-hmm. like, I mean, I think Mariah's gotten more soulful as time has gone on. And I think do think that she is a soulful singer today. But I think she had to kind of lose her voice a little bit in order to connect with the material and also to be doing the material that she wants to be doing. But um, she was definitely somebody that annoyed died in the wool critics who even liked R&B back in the day because she was so ersatz. And then you remove that, her influence, that specific Mariah way of singing goes on to like Christina Aguilera. Mm. And then Demi Lovato is influenced by Christina Aguilera. So it's just like mutating as the timeline goes (laughs) on this like total facsimile of what used to be like the rawest or like such a raw way to communicate your life. So Demi Lovato is not it to me. Me neither. I don't don't like being yelled at. I just don't. And that's how I feel when I listen to a Christina Aguilera album. It's like she's going to start yelling. She's going to start yelling at me. It makes me feel shell-shocked. To listen to like, especially like now that she's like, doesn't have the tunes. All she has is the the chops. She's really going to show them to you (laughs) all the time in punishing ways, I find. Like just, you know. A little dabble, do you? But then Demi Lovato is even worse like that. So I did think it was annoying that it became a thing about her art and her like process. And also all of the candid stuff is like her like gay best friend being like, oh my God, you like are the best. Like, like really? In yeah. The he's like, he's like, he's like one, he's like one of the best um, Star Spangled Banners ever because she did it before did the it? Super Bowl. Exactly. Um. It's like, no, one of the best Grammy performances ever because she did after the a year or whatever, a little a few months, a few months, like within the year of her overdosing, she came on the Grammys and sang that sober song that mm. was boring I don't watch, I don't watch um, she had to like start over because she was crying you know so taken she was so like kind of yeah just the emotion swept her up and she had to like restart it it's like an okay performance if you like being yelled at <laughs> so like it's kind of annoying to like to watch those parts even though it's all very telling i find i just find it all very telling and what impresses me is that she is happy to tell on herself mm-hmm. and she it really doesn't feel like she's it's like truth or dare vibes sort of thing she really lets it all hang out oh, okay partly because she thinks like she's that great enough to do that okay you know she because there was the, the girl whose party she went to um that? the night before her backup dancer and choreographer she had gone to her birthday Mm-hmm. that night they went back to Demi's place and then the story is they went home then she called the dealer over he got her high assaulted her mm. yeah I mean assaulted Sexually? she doesn't say rape it's weird but oh. it sounds like he raped her okay and then after that she, about a month after she had the overdose she gets clean and then decides to do it all over again with the drugs so that she can like take back her sexuality from him to fuck him consensually to remake that moment as it was hers. Now that is some intense shit that she is yeah. sharing with yeah. everybody. I was blown away that she wow. would go there. Yeah. Because that is hard to explain and it seems like a really fucked up bad decision too. 
but she explains her rationale. I thought that was super cool. Come to the point in this thing where she's then recording this album that I'm not going to listen to. <laughs> and then she releases that video that like depicts her overdose. And it's like, okay, now what are you doing? Like now this is like your era, uh, your overdose, your <laughs> yeah. like art as overdose era. I don't know. I just don't find her to be like, I don't think of her as like an artist or like somebody yeah. whose point of view I'm interested in at all. I just thought her whole, like the way that she played fame with this documentary was interesting. And, and it's the kind of thing where like the more, the more I appreciated her, like it was a reverse, it was an inverse correlation as to like how much I appreciated her versus how much time I would want to spend with her because she kind of reveals herself in this yeah. way. So that girl basically, so she contends that that girl whose birthday she went to, she had nothing that had nothing to do with Demi on heroin. They didn't do heroin together. It wasn't her fault, but she got blamed in the whole kind of Demi Lovato almost died sort of thing. Little information was out there. She was with, we saw pictures of her with this girl. She must be responsible, which was stupid anyway. The way that they tell it in the thing is that this girl lost so many of her choreography jobs. You know, she's like oh, in the wow. industry. Yeah. And it, it, it like, it like put a scarlet letter on her. And then it just seems like just then she's getting to tell her story. Cause like Demi's like, it's, I'm really glad that you got to tell your story. Like, you know, in my story, <laughs> like <laughs> I'll give you that like five minutes to I'm exonerate I, you a year, I two years contact. later, t- you know, like what? So, but again, like <laughs> that's what she's showing you. Okay. Now, I don't know if there was any kind of back channel thing and she did the best like kind of reconnaissance that she could. Is that what that would be? Reconnaissance. 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 Recon- no, that's. Reconnaissance. Well, she would do the best on the back end and like making those connections and whatever, explaining it. Maybe she did that as well, but she doesn't. It really comes off like this is the first time that she's clearing her name. And Demi actually goes out of her way to say, I was really wrapped up in myself and I didn't get around to like helping her clear her name. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. She doesn't seem like somebody I would like to hang out with. Demi Lovato? But I appreciate her from afar. She sounds like she parties. Well, she did. Well, she's probably going to party again. Well, that's another thing, too, is that she is smoking weed and drinking. California's sober. I mean, but for her to, like, go throughout this whole fucking thing, this whole story thing, and then to say that is, like, so audacious. Because usually at this point in the narrative, people are like, and I'll never do drugs again. And she's like, but no, I will. she's not doing drugs. She's not, but she's... Smoking weed. Using substances. that, And it's not the bad, bad thing for her, but, you yeah, know. Yeah, but some people... There are some people that can, that I, really, I they're just like, they I just know. get addicted to like hard drugs. And as long as they don't do hard drugs, then they're fine. But the, again, this is a complicated narrative to understand. And I think a lot of the time it gets told in that way of like absolute sobriety or absolute party because yeah. people have a hard time with complicated narratives. And what she's trying to do is give you that, give yeah. you something that you might not agree with and she doesn't care. I, respect. Yeah. And that she's being honest that she's doing yeah. wine and weed. Exactly. So, respect. Respect to Demi Lovato. I don't imagine I'll feel that way again for a while, but <laughs> um, Courtney Stodden's non-binary. What? You didn't hear that? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How? What? I don't identify as she or her. I've never felt like I ever fit in anywhere. All right. Listen. I was bullied horribly in high school because I was different. The other girls never understood me. It got so bad that my mom pulled me out of school and still I don't fit in. A hypersexual presentation. 
yeah, presentation thus far has only has like the binariest. Uh, yeah, exactly. And extremely femme. I felt trapped hiding under what everyone has always seen or thought they seen a super feminine blonde, but I'm so much more underneath the misconceptions. Non-binary is the future. There is something I could tell you about. I should go to the bathroom. Are you going to have to go number two? No. Yes, oh. <laughs> you do. No, I, I, I have to pee. <laughs> you said that last time. <laughs> I just peed. <laughs> I sent you a TikTok a while ago. Yeah. Actually, I'm I'm too fucked up to do this now. Okay. Well, I guess the moment passed. <laughs> yeah. Were you gonna like do a dance or something? No. <laughs> do you wanna end something? Do you wanna end on a lighter note? Yeah. Okay. It's four twenty and we didn't even talk about that, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's the four twenty episode. I right? know. We didn't what do you want to say about it? Nothing. Me neither. Every day is four twenty. <laughs> For me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's always four twenty in my heart. In my lungs. Well, a great way to celebrate 420 is to go to pipedreams.fun. You can purchase mugs and shirts and pipes and pre-rolled cones and all kinds of cool smoking accessories. (laughs) That sounded good to me. I I, I thought you did a great job. Thanks. Do you want to take us out or do you want do you want to say something that's like you bring us out with something not payback is a bad bitch and baby I'm the baddest you fucking with a savage can't have this can't have this and it'd be nice to me to take it easy on yeah but now